This is the Los Angeles Podcast of Anaheim, a semi-daily audio blog for all things Angels baseball. This is the Monday Travel Day edition, April 10th, 2017, and it's also the weekend wrap-up since I couldn't talk over the weekend. My voice was shot, which was kind of too bad since it was an epic, epic weekend for the Angels. They wrapped up a home sweep of the Mariners, the last game in truly historic fashion. Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth. Cliff Pennington with a, an RBI single to win it, driving in Mike Trout. Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth against the Mariners' closer, and it was it was totally unexpected. Uh, Albert Pujols led, led off the ninth with the, his first homer of the year, and this was one of the best things about yesterday afternoon, is that Pujols is suddenly hitting. He's suddenly on fire. He had his first homer in the ninth. He had almost had another home run earlier in the game that put uh, Martin all the way to the wall in center field, and he had the game-tying two-run single on a sharp grounder to the right side. When Pujols is going well, he uses the whole field. Good hitters do that, right? And he's a great hitter. He uses the whole field. He gets a lot of power up the middle, like with his uh, long fly ball and with his home run, and he hits line drives to the right side. Yesterday's ground ball was a shot past the first baseman. When he's going bad, it's all ground balls to uh, second and third. He just rolls them over, and it's a double play ball. Right now, Fat Albert's going really well. He's seeing the ball really well. You can tell that he thought the ball early in the game was going to go out just from the way he hit it. And if he's going well, then you know, with Mike Trout batting in front of him, all of a sudden, the Angels are really potent. You know Escobar got a couple of hits. Cole Calhoun had two more walks to go with another hit. Calhoun is on pace to get over 90 walks a season. He's never walked more than 67 times, so that's a great sign to have him be so patient betting in front of Mike Trout. Trout, of course, had another hit, scored the winning run. C.J. Crone had a couple of hits, and Jeffrey Marte, who had a big weekend, also had a you know what at the time seemed a very academic a two-run pinch hit single that had made the score nine to three, and everyone thought, "Well, you know, who cares?" It's a nice moment for Marte. Marte has really done well, and it's becoming somewhat of a challenge because it's obvious that Marte is going to be able to bring some of that offense that we saw last season, and they're and you can see Sosa trying to find a place for him at first base with C.J. Crone, who's you know off to a decent start after a big spring. And he can't throw Marte out in left field because Cameron Mabin and Ben Revere are earning playtime there. Uh, Revere had his first game yesterday, or first start anyways, and uh, played well, got a hit uh, and a walk, scored a run. So right now the Angels are really running on all cylinders offensively. The problem is actually because of the big win, it obscures some of the problems that we had we saw earlier in the game. Uh, Matt Shoemaker did not do well, obviously. He is, Angel fans will remember uh, Jared Washburn, and that's the guy that Shoemaker reminds me of. And they don't look anything alike. One throws lefty, Shoemaker throws righty. But they both are hyper-dependent on their fastball. When Shoemaker isn't dotting his fastball, he can get into real trouble. Just like with Washburn, if his fastball is up in the zone, he can get really hurt. It doesn't set up any of his other pitchers. Most major league pitchers, at least middle of the rotation pitchers, they have more than one pitch they can go to if they're not if their fastball isn't getting over. 
Shoemaker doesn't. Everything rests on how well his fastball goes. And if he can keep the ball down, if he's dotting it for strikes, that's one thing. If he's not, then nothing's working, and nothing worked yesterday. Uh, the bullpen came in, gave up another couple runs, and that's been a pattern, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Still in all, it was a great way to finish their first home series, and they will go into this day off with uh, a nice win under the belt to savor. The comeback obscures a really important development in the game before and I want to say I had this one. It was Felix Hernandez against Ricky Nolasco. Nolasco pitched well. He gave up base runner and then a two-run home run to the first two guys. After that, six nothing, six innings of nothing. And that was that was great to see. Nolasco has been solid, and I would, I'm hoping that we see more games like this from him coming on. But what I really had was Felix Hernandez, who's not throwing the way he was, and he got hit pretty hard. Six innings, ten hits. He got his strikeouts, but 10 hits, 3 runs, and it should have been a lot more. The Angels really let him off the hook. The important thing to get out of this game was that Mike Socia brought Cam Bedrosian in with one out in the 8th inning after, of course, uh, the bullpen, this time in the form of J.C. Romero, came in, allowed a leadoff single to Gene Segura. Cam Mabin was brought in, and Mabin did allow a single and a sack fly that uh, allowed Segura to score to make the score 5-4, but then he got the last out in the eighth, and then 1-2-3 struck out the side in the ninth, made it look really easy. Socha's never done this. He's never been willing to go to his closers in the past earlier than the eighth inning. It used to be that when the Angels were going good in sort of that golden age in the middle of the aughts, it was always Troy Percival or Frankie Rodriguez, that would come in in the ninth and no earlier. To go to Cam Bedrosian in the eighth inning is both an acknowledgement of his confidence in Bedrosian and of his lack of confidence in the rest of the bullpen. Ramirez didn't do a particularly good job. Parker's been hittable. Everybody's been hittable. Norris has been hittable. Everybody he's brought in has been a question mark except for Cam Bedrosian. So I think we can expect to see a lot more of four and five out saves from Bedrosian coming up soon. I don't want to just forget about Mike Trout's clutch two-run home run in the game before yesterday, but that guy is just tremendous. He has gotten off to a huge start. Along with the rest of the offense, you can see that he's just doing everything possible. He is playing great defense. He's fast on the bases. And with this power, I'm, I would not be surprised. Dan Zamborski had Trout projected for nine war, I really do think we've, we're looking at a very possible 40-40 season for Trout and another MVP. He is spectacular. He won the game on Saturday. He scored the winning run on Sunday. He is a national treasure. Be grateful we've got him, folks. Be so grateful. The Angels get a day off today, and then they welcome in the Texas Rangers for three games before heading out to Kansas City. The Rangers, they've got the rotation set up so that Cole Hamels is going to be pitching first, and then A.J. Griffin and Hugh Darvish on Thursday before the Angels go on to Kansas City for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
The Rangers are off to sort of a an iffy start. They're two and four. They just lost two out of three in Oakland. Sam Dyson, their supposed closer, blew two of those games or else they'd be four and two. They lead the American League with 11 home runs in the first week. Their offense is off to a big start. They're scoring five and a half runs a game, and their rookie outfielder, well, not second-year outfielder, Nomar Manzera was projected to be a star, and he's had a star first week. He was the American League player, the hitter of the week. He and Runet Ordur have already combined for five homers between the two of them. Unfortunately for them, they've also given up 11 homers and five and a half runs a game. So there's a chance that there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games, which means both teams and their iffy bullpens are going to be counted on to give a lot of innings. You can expect, and hopefully we'll see, Albert Pujols, Trout, uh, some of the other guys continue to get good swings on the ball. So with all that going on, it's going to be Skaggs, Chavez, and Nolasco. And so, I mean, looking at the three guys lined up, it's, it could be a couple of very high-scoring games. The important start to watch is Tyler Skaggs. He did not pitch well his first time out. He could not control the strike zone. He was not getting his breaking balls over for strikes. He kept falling behind in counts. And that really set himself up for trouble in the deep end of the count. The Ranger lineup is loaded with real power hitters, and they will punish a ball that any pitcher leaves out late in the count, you know, behind in the count. So Skaggs has to find the strike zone. He's got to get his fastball over. He's got to be able to set up his curveball. And he's got to be able to do it without walking any guys. The Rangers aren't a big walking team. For them, it's all about power, so Skaggs has to be sure to be ahead in the count to set himself up, and when a ball does go out of the yard, as it probably will, he's got to make sure that the bases are empty. The day off does give the Angels an extra day to savor the weekend sweep, and then it's back to it tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully tomorrow we'll get more news on Garrett Richards' arm, and hopefully we'll get to know more about what's going on with the Texas Rangers. Until then, I'll talk to you soon.